0: Hi, my name is Jared Dilley, and you're listening to The Solar Panel, The Phoenix Sun Show.
1: And welcome to The Phoenix Suns Solar Panel Podcast. I do apologize if you're watching on the YouTube right now. We are actually uh, using a new encoding software that has this huge delay so at the very beginning of the video, there's just five seconds of me shaking my head. And now that I'm watching it, that's actually reasonably embarrassing. But anyway, thank you guys so much for joining the Sun Solar Panel podcast. We will get all of these technical difficulties sorted out. But joining us today, Mr. Greg Esposito on a four-second delay.
0: Screw you, YouTube. That's what I've got to say. I mean, really, can uh, can you guys not get your your stuff together? All of a sudden, we can't live stream. We gotta download some software and figure it out in five minutes. <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> like reasonably, reasonably annoying, but uh, we're here. And so before we get started, we're going to answer a bunch of your questions here in the YouTube chat. We also have some people that hit us up on Twitter with mailbag questions, but I do want to go ahead and thank two listeners who last week decided that they wanted to support the podcast and they wanted to do the $10 a month uh, donation. And so Steve Holler and Daniel Babb, first off, thank you guys so much. Second off, you need to hit me up uh, on Twitter at SunSolarPanel with your addresses so I know where to send the sun swag
0: <laughs> i i love when we get new people to follow us and and donate and then tim gets to uh go to the post office that's actually my favorite part of it is tim has to schlep his ass to the post office and mail stuff so thanks guys so-
1: we're we're recording this during a presidential debate and everybody is like yeah f politics i'd rather hey, watch this
0: we can debate things we got some stuff to debate questions that need answered and i have a four-point plan that can do this for you all right What well, we can make this happen how do we get a <laughs> thumbs down this new software shows me when people give us a thumbs down even on uh, on this video i'm not sure i like this
1: <laughs> so if you're If you're watching, give us a thumbs up because it really does help with the uh, algorithm, uh, YouTube algorithm. So let's go ahead and delve into the question, shall we? Sure. All right. So this is from the VP of Dad Jokes on Twitter. He said, how much do you buy into positive locker room influence part of an NBA team and bringing players in who fulfill that role?
0: Fun VP of Dad Joke uh, story real quick. Mike Dunlap over on twitter i actually uh turned him down for a job in the sun's digital department back in the day and uh i remind him of that all the time because i saved him from a world of hurt and now he works uh, for the big boys over at fansided so shout out to you uh mr dunlap but i do buy into the locker room chemistry uh from having seen it firsthand in that 48 win season that the Suns had with uh, Drogic and, and Bledsoe and Jeff Hornacek at the helm and uh, Channing Fry in that final season. Uh, and just just what you saw in the chemistry there, how much these guys enjoyed playing together. And you can look back at the 2009-2010 Suns who made it to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't win because of a great amount of, uh, of talent or that they were significantly better than other teams. They won because they came together as a team. They fought for a common goal, uh, and they played well together. And I I think the Suns have been sorely missing that. They've had a lot of guys who were individuals playing for the name on the back of their jersey, not the name on the front of it, and it's hurt them. Uh, in, in in the last five four or five seasons now you've got a group of guys that I think will find camaraderie together and that's why uh, I'm bullish on them beating the Vegas over under at 27 I think this is a 30 35 win team and if everything goes right you're pushing maybe 40 and I think the locker room chemistry will have a big big uh, reason to do with that
1: and I, I do think that Jamal Crawford last season made a pretty big impact
0: uh, yes, I think that there he certainly had an impact. Uh, it was the start of what you wanted to see from the locker room. I think Ricky Rubio is going to have a, a pretty big impact this year as a guy who uh, uh, who will help change the culture. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker being another year. Older and having a little bit more command on that locker room, and it's addition by subtraction as well. You don't have T.J. Warren, who obviously didn't want to be there, and Josh Jackson, who was, uh, who was a problem uh, and well documented on and off the court. So uh, you add in those factors, and I think there's a big, big upgrade in terms of the, uh, uh, in terms of the locker room this year.
1: So one of my favorite national uh, NBA podcasts, it's a little bit lesser known, is called The Fast Break Breakfast, and they hit me up today on Twitter and they were asking if Josh Jackson is actually good at anything, uh, <laughs> and it was, it was a hard to give them a solid yes on that one.
0: I'm sure that Josh Jackson's good at something. We've yet to see it, but I'm sure he is, so...
1: Uh, so Espo Robert Christie over on the YouTube chat, he is saying for me to turn uh, uh, you up, or actually turn me up. I got to tell uh, you, so how about we're...
0: this? I think I'm louder now. I moved the mic right up uh, closer. I've been I've been a little far from my mic lately. So is that okay?
1: So it's it's not that, and we do apologize if one of us is louder than the other. We are using this weird encoding software for the very first time, uh, so there might be some issues with that I have, um, I
0: have an awesome mute button on this end too i can be tony Reale and shut you and dave up now this is exciting
1: <laughs> uh so dave McDevitt over on youtube he says with all this talk of stability should the Suns have brought in uh, or brought a guy back like jamal crawford
0: no i think that jamal was good for what you got out of him last year especially in a situation where you had no real point guard uh so I I don't know. I I I don't see how bringing him back would have been uh would have been great uh and and would have been helpful. I think he's a guy that's probably going to wind up with a contender in the end. And uh and I I just think that that's better off for him. It's more of what he wants to accomplish. The Suns now have point guards uh and shooting guards uh, in in spades, so you don't have to worry as much as you did last year, uh, I, Jamal was good for, for what he brought, but I think it was the right move to kind of just move on from Jamal Crawford.
1: Uh, yeah, I gotta be perfectly honest with you. I was a little bit disappointed.
0: Why? I mean, what, what was it that Jamal Crawford brought to the table that you went, yeah, this he really needs to be back. And was he going to be ha- happy with not playing minutes? And I just don't think he was going to play minutes anymore.
1: Uh, because I do find value and stability.
0: To what extent, though? Like, what, Isn't the stability that Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, I, uh, Tyler Johnson, Kelly Oubre, isn't that the stability that you're more concerned about I mean it's those are the guys that are the core is a peripheral guy like a Jamal Crawford coming back to sit on the bench and not play and potentially be unhappy with the lack of minutes really going to do anything to help this team stability for stability's sake uh, you know, is is something that we've uh, you know uh, then you would have brought back Dragan Bender Josh Jackson I mean bringing guys back simply for stability isn't necessarily the answer here
1: um, Henry green over on YouTube, he says, do you guys think the Suns should trade Elia Kobo? And if Adario Saric underperforms, you think the suns will still bring him back? We kind of talked about this on the last episode, specifically when it comes to when the contracts of the power forwards that the suns have on the roster all kind of end at the same time.
0: To me, I just, what are you going to get for Elia Kobo? I mean, maybe you recoup one of those second round picks, uh, if you if you wait and you trade him sometime in preseason, if somebody has an injury, and that's great. I mean, maybe you get that back, uh, but you're not going to get a big haul for Kobo. And then Tardo Saric, uh, maybe you, even if he underperforms, maybe you bring him back because you're going to get him on the cheap, either for the qualifying offer or for a, a deal that you think maybe under market value because he has a bad season. But I think this is is a boomer bust move. Either he is the guy that proves he can be your power forward long term, or he just doesn't pan out in in the least, and he uh, he walks away at that point? They let, they just they cut ties with him. You you use all the cap space that you're going to gain to go get somebody in free agency to play power forward
1: uh paul from the fanning the flames podcast which one of you guys would win in a game of horse personally i have seen espo light it up so i'm gonna go with a uh, espo on this one i would just sh- what,
0: where the hell did you see me light it up playing basketball
1: <laughs> when we went to uh when i came down to phoenix last time and we were hitting up the little arcade there yeah oh. but you have a good stroke man
0: yeah, it never it never equated to, the, to on the court uh, except for my final night with the Suns after the game, uh, my good friend and friend of the show, John Bloom, we went and shot half court shots, and I took one and went nothing but net, and and that <laughs> and that was the appropriate retirement for me playing any kind of basketball. I think it's you, Tim. You play every weekend. I think you would be the guy that uh, that would win in a uh, round of horse between us, Dave, Dave would break a hip, but uh, I think you would win.
1: So I, I'm not saying that I'm a bit overly competitive, but we are starting up a three on three league. That's going to start in uh, September tournament, if you will. And uh, there's a hundred percent chance that I went and got a couple of people that play for the uh, local college team, the uh, starting point guard and the starting shooting guard to be on this uh, uh, three person team.
0: Do I need to call you ice cube? You're like starting the, the big three of South Florida. <laughs> It's a, it's
1: a, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fifty dollar buy in. I want to get the money for it.
0: What is meth the the uh, the leading sponsor for this uh this three on three league down in Florida? Like, I I I I'd fly down there just to watch you play in in this with ringers. I think this is uh sketchy at best, Tim.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Maybe I'll live stream it. All right, so John. A burl over on Twitter, he said, "You are gifted a Bill and Ted-style time-traveling phone booth and can bring one Suns player back from the past in his prime to play on the current roster. Who do you pick? Uh, I'd go with KJ."
0: God, I went through this and and I spent a lot more time than I should have. Well, uh, well, I was sitting at work. Please don't tell my boss. Uh, trying to think of the answer. To this question, and I, I've gone back and forth on this. Charles Barkley would be nice if he had if he improved his three point shot, right? He'd be uh, he'd fill that power forward spot perfect. But I don't know that that, that that that's the easy answer. I think I would go back and and grab uh, a Walter Davis, you know, and and play him at small forward or. Maybe an Eddie Johnson in his prime and put in there uh, as, as that sharpshooter that comes off the bench as your small forward or backup shooting guard. Or the craziest one that I came up with is go grab Alvin Adams, teach him to shoot the three, put him at power forward, and you have the prototypical stretch four now, a guy that can pass, that can shoot, that can rebound with the best of them that may be my answer like i told you i overanalyze the crap out of this question and really we all know it's go get steve nash at the peak of seven seconds or less and put him at point guard and everything's better
1: <laughs> it's uh that's a damn truth so if you are watching on youtube right now do us a favor hit that like button it really does help with the youtube algorithms um Nacho Man64, he's asked this a couple of times. He said, Do you guys post on Real GM? Uh personally I try really hard to stay off of Phoenix Sun's message boards of pretty much any kind. Uh whether or not you're talking about Suns Reddit, the Real GM, uh any of the Facebook stuff. I don't really like to get involved with that, and I've taken a big step back on Twitter as well. So the answer for that for me is
0: no. Nacho Nacho Man. Sorry. Uh, no, we're going to get a lot of thumbs-downs after, after that. But, no, uh, I don't anymore. I used to post on Real GM. I used to post on the old uh, Arizona sports fans message boards back in the day, some of the Facebook groups. Uh, as I started to work for the team, I kind of took a step back from a lot of that, and uh, I, I haven't gotten back into it. I'll, I'll peruse. I'm kind of the uh, – the guy that'll look, and, I, and I'll hop in on Sun's Reddit every once in a while, uh, especially when somebody rips me and I can have a little fun at my own expense. But uh, I'm not on it as much as I used to.
1: I read it, but I don't like to post and get involved. Amar over on Twitter, he said, The TJ Warren Mysterious Injuries, uh, was the player soft or is it by design from management? I can tell you that dude hit the floor a lot.
0: No, I mean, he, he would wind up injured, but there were certainly some bizarre things there's been rumors I, these are unsubstantiated i could never get anybody to confirm them but there were tattoos and places that uh, infections rumored there's all sorts of weird things that came with with tj warren and, and what the head injury was and and what the ankle injury was last year and was it motivation i don't know what the what the real answer in the end was but I wish him well in in Indianapolis uh, with the with the Pacers. I if if it was a change of scenery he needed, I, I hope it works out for him. That's uh, you know he was always a nice guy to me. I it just never panned out the way we all hoped here, and that's fine. And maybe he proves everybody wrong and that cash considerations wasn't the uh, the return that you wanted in uh, for him. But I wish him nothing but the best. But there were some weird things that they went on with him.
1: Uh, This one's from Robert Christie. He says coach staff, actual NBA players. If Aiton and book don't have a great year, is it all on them? I mean, I don't think you should put anything on, on anything. I don't think you should put a lot on Aiton for if he does have a uh, uh, underwhelming sophomore season. But I think Devin Booker at this point, going into the first year of his max contract, uh, that you can judge him to a lot higher standard. And part of that higher standard needs to be actual wins, not just filling up the box score.
0: Uh, I put it on James Jones. He's the one that put the roster together in the end. Uh, we all expected to be better. They spent money. They sent guys out. It depends on the situation. I mean, really, for me, uh, how it plays out, though. I mean, if if Devin Booker goes out and regresses completely and isn't the guy we've seen the last few years, then yeah, it's on him. If DeAndre Ayton goes out there and goes from posting sixteen and ten to to five and nine, well, you know, that's that's the problem. You know, that's that. But in the end, and it was the same with Ryan McDonough, the same with, uh, with Lance Blanks, the guy that puts the roster together is where the buck stops. If this turns into an unmitigated disaster, it's on the guy that put the roster together. Just like in the end, it was on Ryan McDonough for not putting together a locker room that could, uh, could win together. And, and so I think that's where it starts and stops for me.
1: Uh, TJ Ford, he said over on the YouTube chat, is me thinking that Devin Booker could post 28 points, five rebounds and five assists on 46, 38 and 90 unrealistic. I don't think so at all. Uh, what did he average last year? 26, six and six. And I think after the all-star break, uh, 28 or 29 points. So no, I don't think that that's unrealistic.
0: I think the 38 might be a little unrealistic. I I don't know that he's going to get to 38% shooting from three.
1: Last year, he was injured uh, for a lot of the season. He was shooting at 32%, and we all know he's a much better three-point shooter. And in theory, uh, with Ricky Rubio being able to get him some shots uh, off ball, that should also increase his uh, three-point percentage.
0: You would hope, but the reality is we have no clue what Monty Williams is going to run for an offense. We have no clue what his system is right now, and and that's going to unlock a lot of these uh, a lot of these answers in the long run. Is is what the heck is Money Williams going to do with this talent, and and how is he going to put him in a position to succeed?
1: We haven't really talked about preseason yet, but so the preseason schedule got announced, and I don't want to do it right now. I definitely want to have Dave in on the conversation, uh, uh, but a little bit of uh, predictions about what bench players get the most run during the preseason.
0: Check the allo.
1: Dude, opinion. is is, she- is Sheck Diallo going to be the player all year that Suns fans are going to be screaming for more minutes for? Oh,
0: we're gonna. There's going to be one irrational guy, and I have a feeling, it's likely going to be him. And it's, uh, that or Aaron Baines. I could see a real where this goes really sideways, and and fans are like, we want more Aaron Baines. Take DeAndre Eaton out, and uh, and I'm gonna gouge my eyes out at that point.
1: Uh, So we are coming to the end of the episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching on YouTube, getting in the questions. Over on the uh, Twitter, I do want to address a couple of different comments that we got uh, on the YouTube uh, last week where people were saying these episodes are too long. You guys need to edit this stuff out. Here's the thing. We, at the end of the day, we're still doing this for the podcast. So instead of just recording the conversation ourselves and then me editing it, we're doing it live and then I'm editing it there. So if long version bothers you, don't watch.
0: Too damn bad. (laughs) Right.
1: I I don't know what to tell you. I can't edit a live video. That's not how it works. Well
0: you could but uh not with the kind of software that YouTube's making us use now. This there's actually some cool stuff we can do here in the future, Tim. I'm I'm learning and and this whole thing I've seen every chat that's come up, every like we could actually throw chat questions onto the screen there's all sorts of things we could do i just can't figure this stuff out while we're uh, two seconds before going live so
1: yeah we found we found out like an hour before so
0: damn you google that's uh, all right
1: uh shout out again to uh, two listeners, Steve Holler and Daniel Babb for supporting the show, but hitting the support the show button. Uh, if you guys want support, you can do so. But if you guys could hit us up on Twitter at SunSolarPanel, let me know your addresses and I will send you some sun swag uh, this week or next.
0: And then I'm going to unveil some cool fan stuff that was sent to me over the last week on Saturday's episode, a, a piece of memorabilia that will go into the Really pathetically sad Suns Hall of Fame and this cool artwork. We'll talk about that on Saturday as well.
1: Nice. So that is 7 o'clock in the morning, Arizona time, every Saturday if you guys want to join us live
0: there. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.